0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, May 2nd, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will discuss the latest NBA and Stanley Cup playoff storylines, as both the Bruins and the Celtics lost on Tuesday night. A disappointing Tuesday night here in Boston, flipping back and forth between the Bruins in Columbus and the Celtics in Milwaukee. The Bruins look to bounce back tonight on this Thursday night in their Game 4 in Columbus. And the Celtics will play their Game 3 against the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night on Friday night. Back home here in Boston at the TD Garden. And a big weekend in the world of sports outside of playoff hockey and playoff basketball. The Kentucky Derby is this Saturday. I'll go over the top storyline there. I don't usually get into horse racing, but for people who are interested in that, there is a pretty big story uh, that's come out on this race the last couple days. So I'll tell you about that. And then Saturday night, a huge fight in Vegas. I will discuss the details of that Big fight, all of it today, presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. And by now, you're probably bored with your fantasy baseball team. What, you want to have the same team with the same lineup every single night for a 162-game season? And if you do have a good enough team to even win it, when do you even see that payoff? Honestly, when do you see the payoff? At the end of September, come on. You're going to wait until the end of September to get a payoff for the same fantasy baseball lineup that just might, and you might not even win. So here's what you got to do. Scrap that. Forget about that. Forget about your fantasy baseball league. Play daily fantasy baseball on DraftKings. You could put together a different lineup and basically have a different team every single day with a chance to win cash prizes every single day. You don't have to wait. If you think you can put together a good lineup in fantasy baseball, not only can you have a different one every day on DraftKings, but you can win cash prizes every day. You don't have to wait until the end of September to get your cash prizes. So go to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app. And again, play for free with your first deposit by signing up using my promo code P I C P-I-C. Again, promo code PIC, PIC at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday 45 degrees and raining. What else is new here as we begin the month of May? Uh, I, you know, you get that warmer weather maybe towards the end of March, early to mid-April. You get a couple really warm days. You know those days. It's like 58 degrees and everybody and their mother's running out Castle Island with their shirt off. And it's like, well, it's not that warm out, but I kind of understand because it's a big difference from... Winter weather, you know, you don't really have to put your heat on, you know, you go three or four days where you don't have to use your heat, but then you get like 45 to 50 degree weather. Look, I wish this was the beginning to a, uh, to a read and a, an advertisement from some type of heating system, but it's, it's not. It's just, this is me venting about the weather. It's me venting about the weather. I need summer to be here and I need it soon. Okay. That's, that's what we need. I don't know how we can make that happen. I don't know if there's anything we can do to make that happen. Probably not, but I need it. I can't have these 45 degree freezing cold days where you're in limbo on a weeknight wondering if you, you should put your heat on. I'm not putting my heat on for the record I'm not I'm I'm battling the storm I'm battling the storm but uh you know as we get closer to summer obviously we got playoffs going on but it's it's that time of year where you got the horse races Kentucky Derby this Saturday you got a big fight Saturday night. You know, we're right in the middle, of getting into the middle of the Major League Baseball season, though I wish the Red Sox would, well, it looks like maybe they're turning around. I'll talk about them in a little bit. But uh, as we begin the month of May, it really is the busiest time of year in the world of sports, and this weekend will be no exception. The favorite for the Kentucky Derby, this is the big news that I teased in the intro, the favorite for the Kentucky Derby, Omaha Beach, a 4-1 to favorite those are the odds, 4-1, to one. has been scratched. Omaha Beach scratched if you're into horse racing and gambling on the Kentucky Derby. I will not be gambling on the Kentucky Derby. But people who do, people who were going to take the favorite, Omaha Beach, uh, you're not taking Omaha Beach anymore because Omaha Beach, the 4-1 to one favorite, has been scratched. The new favorite is game winner, 5-1 to one odds. In fact, the top three favorites now are owned by Bob Baffert. I mean, if you watch horse racing, you know who Bob Baffert is. He owns now the top three favorites in Saturday's Kentucky Derby. Game Winner, the favorite at five to one. Roadster, six to one, and then Improbable, six to one. So, Bob Baffert could have a day. I mean, he's got the the odds he's the odds on favorite for one of his three horses to win the Kentucky Derby. But the original favorite, Omaha Beach has been scratched. So I'll be watching the Kentucky Derby. I, I How much analysis do people actually go in? to this? I, It just, it doesn't, like my father's big into it. His friends are big into it. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'll watch it, right? Maybe I'll be somewhere where there's a little, some type of pool where everyone throws in 20 bucks and you pick a number out of a hat or something. Yeah, I'll do something like that. I'm not going to waste my money picking a horse that, I, know, I don't know anything about this, but even if you do know about horse racing, I still feel like it's just such a... its You, you just got to get lucky. And you know what? I'm not a very lucky person, so I, st- I stay away from gambling on horse racing. I will stay away from gambling on a Kentucky Derby, but I just had to break down the odds for you in case you were interested in that sort of thing. And then Saturday night, I told you about the big fight. Canelo Alvarez... Verse Daniel Jacobs, this is more my scene, Saturday night. Not necessarily the horse racing, but the big fight. Watching this, uh, it'll be on zone. As you know, Canelo Alvarez is big into, the, he signed with DeZone, so he's big into zone. A lot of guys are now. Gennady Golovkin just signed with DAZN. So we'll see where DAZN goes. But anyways, the big fight, Saturday night in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Canelo Alvarez is the favorite at minus 417. Now, Daniel Jacobs is the IBF middleweight champion. Canelo Alvarez, the WBA and WBC. Canelo is obviously the lineal champ as well. You know, he's the top dog in the middleweight class. Uh, He beat Gennady Golovkin. They had a draw and then there was a decision and they gave the decision to Canelo Alvarez. It was Gennady Golovkin's first loss. If you've listened to me, you know how I felt about that loss, that decision. I think it should have been either another draw or a Golovkin win. Golovkin still was the top dog in the middleweight division. And, you know, Canelo Alvarez was ducking him for years. You got to beat him. You got to beat Golovkin. He did not beat Golovkin. They still gave the decision to Canelo. I disagree with that decision. It was Golovkin's first loss of his career. And, um... You know, and now, because of that, Canelo, he's the guy, he's the lineal champ, and they will be unifying the middleweight belts on Saturday night in Vegas, as I told you, Daniel Jacobs is the IBF middleweight champ. Now, Daniel Jacobs' last loss was to Gennady Golovkin back in 2017, a couple years ago. What was that, in March of 2017? Um, you know, Jacobs put up a good fight against Golovkin, but Golovkin won that fight, but, but... Jacobs is not going to beat Canelo. I think the big question here is, and this is the question I'm asking, especially now that Golovkin is signed with the zone, when is Golovkin going to get a third match? When are they going to do the trilogy, the Canelo-Golovkin trilogy? They're going to do it. They're going to do it, right? Canelo's going to beat Jacobs. They'll unify. Canelo, you know, he'll have all the belts. And uh, Golovkin actually just signed for a new fight. He is going to fight Stephen Rolls, unbeaten Stephen Rolls. Stephen Rolls is 19-0 and with 10 knockouts. This is going to be at a catchweight of 164. So Golovkin versus Stephen Rolls at Madison Square Garden. This fight will be on June 8th. So it'll be next month at, at MSG. Now Golovkin has not fought since he lost that decision to Canelo back in... When was that? In September? Was that in September? Yeah, in September. This past September. So, Triple G hasn't fought. He will beat. I mean, he's an overwhelming favorite right now at minus 10,000. He's probably going to knock this guy out fairly early in the fight. So, I don't know anything about Steven Rolls. I'm not even going to make the attempt to even break down his style of fighting. what I do know is that on paper, it says he's unbeaten. Also on paper though it says that Golovkin is the overwhelming favorite at minus 10,000. So I'll take Golovkin. There. The question now though as we watch Canelo probably beat Daniel Jacobs on Saturday night in Vegas, the question will be when will Canelo fight Triple G again because the people who watched the Canelo Triple G fights, I mean if you if you believe in the concept of to to be the man as Rick Flair once said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Canelo did not beat Golovkin. He has never beaten Golovkin. He just got the decision. And, you know, there was some controversy with the judges and the decisions as there always seems to be in the boxing world, right? Have we ever seen a decision? Have you ever seen a decision in a big fight where you're like, wait a minute, how did this one judge get that? It's I, I've never not had, we've never not had that type of controversy or that type of question after a big fight. I want to see Golovkin Canelo again. The, the problem is, you know, Golovkin is not getting any younger. And because Canelo waited so long to even fight him for the first time, Canelo was ducking him for years. A- and part of his strategy was for Golovkin to get older. And then Golovkin, as he did get older, you know, he had a couple fights where uh, he had to go deep into fights. And, you know, you could kind of see the age catching up with him. Golovkin, not someone who was really used to going deep in a fights. You know, he's a he's a power puncher, a guy who likes to knock you out early and, and he can do it. And um, you know, Canelo just waited him out. It was a it was a strategy that worked for him, but there were you know, a, a, there was a controversial decision there. I'd like to see these guys fight again. The problem is when will it happen? And will Canelo just be waiting this thing out again? Like is Canelo gonna beat Jacobs and then Golovkin will beat Stephen Rolls and then they'll fight in I don't know in September? Is that what we'll do? In October? Or in December? Like is that what's what's going to happen? I, I they'll probably both fight again? I would here's what I would assume. Canelo beats Jacobs, Golovkin beats Rolls. Golovkin fights someone else, beats him. Maybe in, who knows, in October. Same thing with Canelo. Around October, November, beat someone else. And then it'll set us up for maybe March, April. Who knows? Maybe next May. That's when we'll see Canelo Golovkin. Uh, Canelo would probably like Golovkin to have another year under his belt, you know, to get another year older. That, that's just the way he's played this thing. But uh, I'm going to go with Canelo on Saturday night. To beat Jacobs and and they will unify the middleweight titles in Las Vegas. Uh, so that's what we got in the fight game. As you know, I'm a big Triple G guy. Golovkin is my guy, and uh, my my guys in boxing. Golovkin in the middleweight division, and Sergey Kovalev in the light heavyweight division. And Kovalev was screwed a couple times as well. So my guys keep getting screwed, but they're still around. They they they're still fighting. We'll just see if they're going to get the big fight again during their careers. But um yeah, I'll be watching the Canelo Jacobs fight Saturday night and I will react to it on Monday. I'll also be watching all the playoff action, the Bruins, the Celtics, and um The Bruins, their backs are against the wall here because they're down 2-1 after losing Game 3 on Tuesday night in Columbus. They trail this this second-round series two games to one. Game 4 is tonight on this Thursday night in Columbus. And it's a must-win for the Bruins. It really is. Um, Now, there's been some controversy with this series because it it seems that Brad Marchand got away With a punch to the back of the head of Scott Harrington. Scott Harrington, at the end of the game, at the end of game three, he was down on his knees in front of the net, or at least maybe on one knee. And Marchand, there was like a scrub, you know, end of the game. Marchand just goes up to him. I don't even know how they missed it. But he gives a quick little punch to the back of his head. And, you know, it didn't knock him out. It didn't really phase him. Harrington's fine. Nobody got hurt. Mashan did it and skated away. It was a weasel move. The NHL is not going to suspend Brad Mashan, but it was a topic of conversation over the last 48 hours because of Brad Mashan's history of at times being this pest, this weasel. And look, I've said this about Mashan since he first came came up to the show with the Bruins. If this guy was in any other uniform, we would hate him more than we've hated any other player that's ever laced up a pair of skates. We would. We would hate Brad Marchand more than anybody ever. Imagine if Brad Marchand was a Montreal Canadian. how much we would hate this guy. Oh my God. We, this would be public enemy number one. We. This would be the most hated professional athlete that we would ever see in this town if he played for the Canadiens. He's a Bruin, though. And because he's a Bruin, obviously everybody here in this town maybe at times defends him a little more than we probably should. And I've seen some people try to come to Brad Marchand's defense the last couple days when it comes to this punch that he threw to the back of the head of Harrington. Now, look, punches are going to get thrown in the playoffs, especially there's going to be scrums. You don't really see too many fights when it comes to, like, you know, one-on-one, dropping the gloves, squaring off. You don't—I mean, you don't really— How often do you see that in the NHL regular season these days with the enforcers being pushed out of the league? But even when the enforcers were in the league, in the playoffs, you just do not see fights like that. You just don't. You don't see fights. Um, You see scrums after the whistle where guys do punch each other, but, you you know, those are group scrums. Refs are breaking them up right away. It's very rare that you see, like like, the... A playoff fight that jumps out to me. Actually, Bergeron had one against Tampa Bay, right? Was it Tampa Bay in 2013? With Bergeron throwdown, they had a nice little fight. Like a legit fight at center ice. Was that against Tampa Bay in 2013 in the Eastern Conference Finals? But one that really stands out, speaking of Tampa Bay, it was Tampa Bay-Calgary 2004 Stanley Cup Finals. Vinny LeCavalier and Jerome McGinley. I can recall that one like it was yesterday. But you don't see that stuff. You see scrums. You see punches thrown with groups in the corner in front of the net or behind the net. But those are after whistles. It's very rare that you see two guys just squaring off, dropping the mitts at center ice. You don't really see that in the playoffs. But you do see punching, right? See guys getting punched in the head. when the, you know, When there's those scrums after the whistle... There are some cheap shots. You know, guys just get punched. But for the most part, if somebody's getting punched, they're both standing up. They're both on their feet, on their skates. And they're also both looking at each other. Like, I did have a pro, I do have a problem with the Moshan punch to the back of the head of Harrington for a couple reasons. One, it's to the back of his head. He's not looking. Clearly, Marcian strategizes this. He skates up to him, looks around, makes sure no one's looking, makes sure Harrington's not looking, and punches him in the back of the head. So that's one problem. He punched him in the back of the head. Two, my second problem with it, is that he punched him in the back of the head while he was down. (laughs) Like, he's down on the ground. So... I get it. He's a Bruin and people here in this town, they're going to defend him. And they're like, well, punches are thrown. You know, there are other guys in the Bruins that were getting hit with cheap shots. People are going to get punched. People are going to get hit. There's going to be some cheap shots, but we're putting the spotlight on the Marchand one. If you just want me to break down this Marchand punch to the back of Harrington's head at the end of this game while Harrington is down and it's to the back of his head, here's how I'm going to break it down. It's a pussy move. It's a pussy move. You punch a guy in the back of the head while he's down? I mean, you know, you don't do that anywhere, right? I mean, you don't, you you shouldn't get away with that anywhere in any walk of life. So if the NHL wanted to suspend Marchand for the ultimate weasel move, I don't care how hard, you know, it wasn't. I don't know that it was such a love tap that some people have been making it out to be either. What he punched him in the the the, the NHL could suspend Moshan for pure stupidity alone. They could, and and it was a it was a cowardly punch. Like they could suspend him for being a coward, uh, and I would be I would nod my head in approval. I would. I mean, I, I didn't like seeing that. I really didn't. I want Machand... Look, I want him... I like when he can be a pest and get in people's heads, but I don't want him skating around when guys are down punching people in the back of the head. Come on. Could you imagine if Bergeron was... Could you imagine if that happened to Bergeron in front of his net at the end of the game? Guy just skates over, strategizes it, and just whacks him in the back of the head. Like, we... We'd be up in arms. We'd be like, "That guy should be suspended." And I know some people are saying, "Oh, what was it the breast got hit a couple times?" Um, I just the Machan one. It just didn't look. It just didn't look right. It was. A, I, I thought it was a cowardly. It it was a pussy move. That's what it was. I mean, I I can't I can't really describe it any other way. You 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 shouldn't be able to punch somebody in the back of the head while they're not looking, while they're down anyway, like anywhere. In any walk of life. Right? You should, like, you shouldn't be able to do that. So, um, if you wanted to suspend Marcian one game, I I would probably nod my head in approval. Now, they're not going to suspend him. And because of that, it's so... Hey, Marcian got away with something. It's time Now it's time to forget about that if you're him. And step up and, and score some goals. Because if the Bruins top guys... And it's not just Marcian. It's Bergeron. It's Pasternak. If these guys don't get it going... Tonight, then this thing's gonna be over before you know it. Columbus is a good team. I know that I've said I'd rather play Columbus than Tampa Bay. You know, I've said don't overthink this. I know how I know how good Columbus looked against Tampa Bay, and they swept them. That means they're a good team. That means they're riding a hot goalie. I get it. But, you know, don't overthink it. You'd still rather play the eight-seed than the one seed. I know I said that. But at the same time, you still have to acknowledge how good Columbus looks, right? How good Seth Jones looks on the back end. Uh, How good, you know, Panarin, Duchesne. Like, those guys, they're buzzing. They're matching the Bruins' physicality. That building is going to be loud tonight in Game 4. And uh, they got the goalie to boot. So, you can't deny that Columbus is feeling some type of way, playing some type of way right now, that if the Bruins' top line does not get it going... If they're top guys, I know they've broken up that top line a little bit, but we'll just say they're top guys. They're top guys, Amashan, Bergeron, Pastanak. Like, if they don't get it going, then this thing's going to be over before you know it. It's going to be over before you know it. So, uh, enough with the bullshit... You know, you didn't get suspended for what was a cowardly punch to the back of the guy's head. Stop doing that. You can still be a pest and not punch a guy in the back of the head while he's down, not paying attention, right? You can. You could still be a pest. There's ways to do it. You want to step on a guy's stick before the face-off? Like, I saw people up in arms about that. I'm like, that's not a big deal. I think that's great. That that was great. Marchand smashed the guy's blade of his stick with a skate. Before the puck was dropped. It was awesome. Do more of that. You can do that. I have no problem with that. But then when he skates back and you want to take his stick and, and you know, <laughs> try to take out his Adam's apple. Well, then you're crossing a line. That line. Ma Shan has always walked the line. He crossed it with the punch to the back of the guy's head. He got away with it. I'm surprised he got away with it. But he got away with it. But now it's time to move on from that. Step up and put some pucks in the net. And you got to do that tonight in Game 4. And, and, you know, it's time to step up. If not, if not, this thing, you know, Game 5 is back at the Garden on Saturday night. Um, You do not want to be down 3-1. Obviously, if, you, if they win this Thursday night, this is still, you know, the Bruins. We're back to talking about them with a the home game in Game 5. The favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Like, so this is a must win for the Bees tonight, Game 4. In Columbus, is it a must win for the Celtics Friday night, tomorrow night, at home against the Bucks, Is it? Is it a must win for the Celtics? I don't think it's a must win because you get two in a row at home. Celtics are going to get game three tomorrow night at home. Game four won't be until Monday, Monday night. So game three Friday night, game four Monday night, both at home. You know, I could see them splitting at the Garden, much like they split in Milwaukee. So since the last time I talked to you, the Celtics had whooped the Bucs in Game 1, and uh, I was speaking with supreme confidence about the Celtics and how I thought they're going to win this series in 6. I changed my prediction from Celtics win it in 7 to Celtics win it in 6 after Game 1. Celtics whooped the Bucs in Game 1. They... Slow down the Greek freak, okay? They got right up in his mug on the perimeter. And they said, hey, if the refs are going to let this guy travel every time he drives to the basket, if they're going to let him take three, four steps and advance to the basket like that, we're going to step up in his face before he can even begin to drive to the hoop. If the refs are going to let him travel, we're not going to. We're not even going to let him begin the process of trying to travel. We're going to get right up in his mug in the perimeter. And that's what they did in game one. And they did a great job. Horford did a great job defensively. And it was one of the better Celtics defensive performances of this season. And they did it without one of their best defensive players in Marcus Smart, who was still out. And I'll get to him in a minute. But the Celtics did a great job in game one. Game two, <laughs> well... That was also on Tuesday night. As the Bruins were losing in Columbus, the Celtics were in Milwaukee in Game Two Tuesday night, losing to the Bucks. The Bucks returned the Celtics' favor in Game Two because the Bucks whooped the Celtics in Game Two, and they did it with 29 points from Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is it Giannis or Giannis? I don't even know. I don't even know this guy. I, I this guy's fucking name. Like, man. Which, which, what are we going to call him? Let's just call him the Greek freak. Well, how about I just call him DeCumpo? It's funny. people. I've been saying how much I really enjoy now saying his last name that I figured it out. At least I thought I figured it out. And then I was saying it on my other podcast the other day, uh, my weekly wrestling podcast, Take a Bump with Matt Taven, Ring of Honor World Champion Matt Taven. And he corrected me on, he's like, well, you're saying the last name right now, but, but you're getting the first name, his first name wrong. Isn't it Giannis, he said? Because I was saying Giannis. I think I was feeling so good about how I was getting his last name pronounced correctly, Antetokounmpo. Just rolling off my tongue these days. I tell you what, two years ago, I wasn't even making the attempt on this show. I was turning into a puddle every time I was about to say his name to where I would just go, the freak. I would just call him the freak. wouldn't even call him the Greek freak. I'd just call him the freak. And you know who I'm talking about. If we were talking about the Bucks. But now I'm so confident in the last name that I don't even... I haven't even bothered to care about pronouncing his first name correctly. So, whatever. On to DeCumpo. 29 points in game two. Uh, He took 18 free throws. I think we all expected... I think we all expected this type of game from Milwaukee. I didn't expect this type of game from the Celtics. Like, I thought they would put up more of a fight. This game ended... Now, the first half was competitive. This, the third quarter got away from him. And it was there was a stretch like four minutes into the third quarter in game two where the Celtics had like three or four brutal turnovers in a row. Kyrie turned it over twice, just like now one of them, Horford, got his arm whacked, and they didn't call anything. Clearly it was a foul. But they didn't call anything. It was a turnover. It was like it was a stretch of like three or four turnovers in a row. Brutal turnovers, too. Like, the Celtics, they just crossed over midcourt, and they turned it over. Just embarrassing turnovers. And that changed the game. Milwaukee comes down. All of a sudden, you know, they're shooting the lights out. Chris Middleton, 7 for 10 from behind the three-point line. 7 for 10 for Chris Middleton. Had 28 points. But But Milwaukee, like, I expected them... To be the more aggressive team after losing game one, I expected the I expected them to make some adjustments to get Anthony DeCumpo to get to the line and get to the basket, and they they did. Um, but the Celtics, I didn't expect them to curl up into the fetal position in the third quarter. Like I thought they would put up a fight. Still, I did. Kyrie Irving. A brutal game too. He had nine points, but here's the here's the most outrageous stat. Like if you're Kyrie Irving, you play an entire playoff game on the road. All right, you only get nine points. He had he didn't take a single free throw. Isn't that insane? Can you imagine being an elite NBA player? And not taking a single free throw. Like, it's some. I get it. The refs control that. And, and the NBA refs, more than any sport, we like to think that they control the game more than any other sport, which is probably true. But still, at some point, when you're an elite NBA player and you like to get to the basket, you're one of the best finishers around the rim. At some point, it's not on the refs. If you're taking zero free throws, he didn't take a single free throw in this game. Kyrie Irving in game two. Not a single free throw. That's insane to me. It really is. It's insane. So Irving, look, if you're not going to have a night where you're hitting your shots, Irving was one for five from the three-point line, four for 18 from the field. You know, don't stop driving. Get to the line. You got a little deficit, get to the line. Make shots with the clock stopped with your free throws. But to take zero free throws in a playoff game as an elite NBA player, that goes beyond officiating to the point where it's on the player. It is. It's on the player. Zero free throws? Come on, Kyrie. Come on. And then after the game, he's like, well, I know what I got to do in game four. Excuse me. I know what I got to do in game three. Well, I fucking hope so. I mean, I, I I wanted you to know what to do in game two. So maybe, just maybe, as you're sitting there in that post-game press conference after a 123-102 to game two loss, you're looking at the box score and that little piece of paper you got in front of you and you're going, zero free throws, huh? I didn't go, that's right, I didn't go to the line once. Oh, yeah, I guess I know what I got to do now. <laughs> like, I mean, at least take a couple free throws for me. Let's go man but i'm i'm not changing my prediction i still think the celtics look they could win both at the garden they could friday night and monday they could win both even if they split they could still win in milwaukee in game 5 it, that that's the game right that's going to be the game game 5 in milwaukee that's the one that's the one the celtics and the bucks will be playing for that's that the series will be decided maybe in that one Game five in Milwaukee. Um, But another guy in the Celtics that I get to call out right now is somebody that, you know, and I've had his back all year long when it comes to trade rumors and telling you that I don't think he should be moved and he's untouchable. Jason Tatum. It's time for Jason Tatum to get his balls back. Jason Tatum, four points in game one. Five points in game two. If you're no good at math, then let me tell you, that's only nine points in two playoff games for Jason Tatum. A total of, in those two games, oh for 3 from the three-point line. oh for 3 from the three-point line. And he's only taken two free throws. Two free throws for Tatum. It, I need Jason Tatum to get his balls back, maybe more than anything. Right, because that will also open some things up for some other guys. Tatum's gotta get it going, get it going. So two guys I'm calling out here: Kyrie and Tatum. Let's go, Kyrie. If the shots aren't falling for you, get to the line. Uh, Tatum, start hitting some shots. Start taking some more shots. I- I'm okay with that. You know that comes with confidence. He's just he's not a confident player right now. It's time for Tatum to get his balls back. That that's what it comes down to. But uh. I mentioned Marcus Smart, and you look at his timetable. Marcus Smart went down on April 7th, the second last game of the regular season. The timetable with the left oblique injury for Smart was four to six weeks. It'll be four weeks this Sunday. It'll be four weeks since that injury this Sunday. And that will mean, look, he's not going to play game three tomorrow night, Friday night. Will he play game four on Monday at the Garden? Um, I think it's probably possible, but I, I'd i say they hold him off. I don't think he plays game four on Monday at the Garden. Game five is Wednesday of next week in Milwaukee. I don't know if he, it, it, it depends on where the series is at. If the Celtics lose two at the Garden, maybe he comes back in game five. Strictly as a Spock playing like 8 minutes off the bench or something who knows 8 to 10 minutes but i don't think the Celtics will lose both at the garden so i think it's probably more likely that you get closer to the 5 week range on this timetable which will be next friday game 6 in boston you don't have to you don't have to make them travel you don't have to make them get on a on a plane get on a flight with that oblique sitting in a, in a sitting on a plane for a couple hours you don't have to make them do that Stay in Boston and say, get ready for Game 6 where we might have a chance to close this thing out. Next Friday, May 10th at the Garden. If I am a betting man, which I am on some things, I would put my money on Marcus Mott returning on Game 6. Returning for Game 6 next Friday at the Garden. And the place will be rocking. Um, I don't even know if you put him in the start lineup. I think you probably haven't come off the bench and you get that ovation from the crowd. You get him diving for loose balls. And he does exactly what he did last year in the first round against the Bucs when he returned in the middle of the late of that series and made a difference. Blocking shots, coming up with steals, diving for loose balls. That's what I think will happen. Now, from a Milwaukee standpoint, all eyes will be on Malcolm Brogdon. When will he return, the God for the Bucks? I don't know. He could play tomorrow night, game three, for all I know. But uh, I think that what we saw in game one, we know it's possible for the Celtics to slow down Tagumpo. And because we know it's possible, there's that blueprint there. I, I think the Celtics will be able to do that again. I do. I think they'll be able to do that again. Because as I told you earlier this week on Monday, and I think I even mentioned it last week, I've mentioned it the last couple of years I think because of Antetokounmpo's athleticism, I think he is somewhat overrated. I mean, I still think he's a superstar player. It's funny. I heard some other people in this town saying the same thing on sports radio this week. And um, I don't know. Sometimes you hear stuff and you wonder where they hear it first. But I've been saying for a while, I think is overrated because of his athleticism. I do. I think he's overrated because of his athleticism. That's not to say he's not an all-star or a superstar in this league. He is. I, I just don't know that he's. I don't know that he's that. Like he's 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 not the guy that is going to go out, take the team on his back, against all odds, and dominate an entire series. Like I don't I don't see that from him. And we saw it in game one. He can be slowed down. He can be slowed down. And if the refs. Th- I wonder, if the refs didn't let him take three or four steps every time he drives to the basket, I'm telling you right now, count the steps. When he stops dribbling, this guy travels almost every time he drives to the hoop. And if they if they didn't let him travel the way he does in his career, would we even think he's good? <laughs> like, would he even be an all-star? So, the athleticism, I think, makes him overrated in a lot of people's eyes. Well, I'm sorry, he's overrated in my eyes. They rate him highly, but I think he's overrated because of his athleticism. Anyways, it's just the Celtics and the Bucs, they continue this series on Friday night. I think the Celtics should still be able to win this series. I still think they should be able to win it in six. If you thought the Bucs were going to not win a game, like if you thought the Celtics were going to sweep, that's crazy. And I think if you think the Bucs aren't going to win at least, aren't going to win two games in this series, I think that's a little crazy too. The Bucs are going to win another game in this series. But I do think the Celtics will win three more before the Bucks end up winning two more. So uh, I'm sticking with Celtics in six. We'll see what happens. Whatever it does on Friday night, I'll react on Monday as at that point we'll be getting ready for game four. Uh, I'll also be watching the Red Sox this weekend the Red Sox are in Chicago to take on the White Sox in a four-game series. The Red Sox coming off a three-game sweep. They swept the Oakland A's to wrap up their ten game homestand at Fenway. And they had getaway day yesterday, but now they're in Chicago for four. And here's the Red Sox rotation for this one. And so it, You know, this is this would be the the series where you're looking at your rotation going, All right, let's keep this rolling. And let's keep it rolling with our starting pitching. Price. We'll go Thursday, tonight, then Chris Sale, then Eduardo Rodriguez, and then Rick Porcello. So, Price, Sale, Rodriguez, Porcello. And I think, really, uh, for these four guys, all eyes are on Chris Sale. Chris Sale, just an awful start. This has to be the worst start of his career, right? Has to be. Has to be. I don't have every start to Chris Sale's career, but this has to be the worst start of his career. And it's bad timing because... It's coming right after he signed a big contract. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, he's the def- they're the defending champs. And a lot of people thought they could repeat. And there was not a lot of turnover on the roster. I mean, they were turning mostly the same team. Nathan of all got the injury. He just had elbow surgery. So, Sale to suck this bad... You know, the only good thing for Sale and the Red Sox is that the Bruins are playing, the Celtics are playing, and, uh, you know, the Patriots are always in the news. So, that's the good thing. Like, if the Bruins and Celtics were not in the playoffs, I, I would be curious to know what type of heat Chris Sale would be taking in this town, given how bad this has looked. But it's time for him to turn it around, and he'll pitch Friday night in Chicago So whatever happens in this series, I'll react to it on Monday. But uh, in other Major League Baseball news, and I'll wrap it up with this, this is probably the top story in Major League Baseball today. A major injury, major injury. Corey Kluber got smashed with a line drive and it broke his right arm. And he is going to be out indefinitely. So uh, I don't see a timetable on him yet, but Corey Kluber... He is going to be out for a while. A broken arm. Cleveland in second place in the Central with a 16-13 and 13 record. Two and a half games behind the first place Twins. So uh, that is a tough loss. And, and that's probably the big story right now in Major League Baseball when it comes to injuries. Corey Kluber out. And does that open some things up now in the Central? Does that open some things up in the American League? Look, it's early to look at the standings. I get it. But when you have an impact player like Kluber and you take him out of the equation, you know, not to say that other teams root for injury, but I think a lot of eyes open up and maybe opportunities open up for some teams that could, it could look like right now they're down and out when a team like Cleveland loses their ace to a long-term injury. So we'll see how long he's out for, but that's a tough loss for Cleveland and could mean a great opportunity for another team here in the American League. Whatever happens this weekend, I will react to it on Monday. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. Get this show at Podcast One, also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Though Facebook, I don't know, my Facebook page has been acting up. I can't even log on to it the last week and a half. I haven't really been using Instagram, so really just Twitter. And I don't even really use Twitter that much anymore. I log on to make sure like maybe like once or twice a day to make and scroll through to make sure I'm not missing like some major breaking news story or or if I'm looking for um lineups in Major League baseball that night or if I'm looking for you know really any lineups in any game. That's when I go on, but for the most part, I mean my social media use is really less and less as the years go on here. <laughs> uh, I I don't know what that says about me or what that says about my show, but, hey, follow me, at Danny Picard, on Twitter. Also, get my YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I'm going to have a couple things uh, going up there at some point soon, working on some stuff, always working on something. So when it's ready i will let you know enjoy your weekend everybody enjoy the kentucky derby on saturday enjoy the fight on saturday night enjoy the playoff action and again i'll react to it all on monday talk to you then